Welcome to the Tighten Up Podcast from the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on social media on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Go give the podcast a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. On Instagram, our handle is at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we are under the A to Z Sports umbrella. Go give those guys a follow across all social media platforms. This is Sode number 48, the Bo Brinkley of Sodes. Oh, man. R-I-P-Z-O-U. <laughs> I, I love me some Bo Brinkley, and not just because he was a Missouri Tiger. Mainly because he's a Missouri Tiger, but not mostly, uh, if that makes any sense. He was a great, he was the Titans' greatest long snapper, dare I say, of all time. That's no slander towards Bruce Matthews because he was only like a uh, long snapper for like part of the time and really only on field goals too. Bo Brinkley was just a, the long snapper of long snappers and I hate how it ended. Um, but I hope I wish him well. I love him without Bo Brinkley. There may not be a Brett Kern or a Ryan suck up who is a kicking in the super bowl because of course that is, that is so, so damn true. This week on this uh, Bo Brinkley of Sodes, we are joined by one of our favorite guests, a returning guest, a guest that we had on not too long ago, um, I guess a couple of months ago, but we had to go back to the well with this guy because it is Super Bowl week. We're talking about, of course, none others than Sportsline's own, CBS Sportsline own, Alan Bell. And we talk Super Bowl prop bets. We talk Shane Bowen and what his thoughts are on it. We talk uh, Deshaun Watson, maybe staying with the Texans. What? Uh, Alan Bell is one. He's awesome because he's so full of energy. But he, two, he he knows you could literally bring up anything with him and he'll he'll talk about it. And we do with some of these Super Bowl prop bets. We also dig deep into uh, the Titans' two new... Uh, coordinators jack and i are going to talk deeply about todd downing and shane bowen one of which we i'll, I'll save it for the pod i'll save it for the pod i'm not going to get into it now and we talk about uh the colts quarterback situation because that in my opinion and correct me if i'm wrong jack is just as as just as important as any move the titans make this offseason it's clowny watch v2 right i love that i love that I love it's that. It's going to be an offseason full of wondering who will fill the old man river's shoes up in Indianapolis. There's a couple hot names out there right now. We'll get into those in a little bit. There you go. All right. Well, with all that said, let's talk tight. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome to the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is February 3rd, 2021. And Jack Gentry, the Titans have not one, but two new coordinators. Uh, if new? you if, if you want to call them that, I guess, yeah. Oh, well, they're new in the sense that they're called coordinators. Um, I think you could argue whether one of them actually is or not. Um, but the way I figured we'd break this down, Jack, is we'll... Let's go one at a time. Okay. And let's go in order of how they were hired or promoted, if you will. Um, and we'll, let's let's hit on the pros and the cons of each guy uh, going into these. So let's start, of course, with 
Todd Downing, the Tennessee Titans' new offensive coordinator, filling the big, big shoes of Arthur Smith. And I know what you're thinking. You're you're probably like, wait a minute, Todd Downing? You mean that author, reviewer, and teacher of mystery fiction, as well as an expert on the Choctaw language, who was born in on in a Toka Indian territory and spent most of his life in and around Oklahoma, except for a brief period studying Spanish, French, and anthropology at the National University of Mexico? That Todd Downing? <laughs> yeah. Actually, no. Common mistake. <laughs> that guy actually died in 1974. Oh, okay. RIP that Todd Downing. Yeah, no, we, this is a different Todd Downing, the Titans, former tight ends coach and former Raiders offensive coordinator. Um, now Jack, the pros for, uh, Todd Downing. Okay. Let's start. Or, or do we start with the cons? I don't know. No, we start with the pros. Let's, let's start pros with the first. Pros. Let's do the pros right. first. So the pros, uh, just right off the bat, I think this is, uh, I'm okay with this hire. I, I don't, I don't hate it. I, I don't love it. But I don't hate it in the sense that the biggest thing for me right now is obviously the Tennessee Titans have gone through like like 50 different offensive coordinators in the last six years. Like it's it's absurd the number of offensive coordinators that have come through Nashville. It's it's almost like I, I think more offensive coordinators have come through Nashville than country artists. <laughs> That's a ton of <laughs> offensive coordinators, by the right? way. Right? It's wild. It's insane. And, and in fact, you can find offensive coordinators on every street corner begging for change. Like <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Uh, at Broadway. Yeah. They, they, they're playing in the tin roof. Now these offensive coordinators, yeah. they're just they're yeah, these... pulling down the screen and just pulling up a projector and putting a couple plays on there. <laughs> right. Engaging, engaging the tin roof audience. Yeah. If you walk by Tootsie's in the airport, you'll see an offensive coordinator in there booked a gig, you know, and he's, and he's just breaking down film. He's just going through five shows. That's all they're doing. I'm telling you that there's so many offensive coordinators in Nashville. So the thing I like about this and, and and honestly, and I'm, I'm actually in the camp that I think the number of coaching changes that the Titans went through is what destroyed Marcus Mariota. Uh, I think that was ultimately that just the downfall of him and his abilities and, and really his confidence just with the number of changes he went through as a quarterback. So for anywhere and not just with Mariota, you you want continuity on the offensive side of the football, right? Right. You want a system and, that your guys can know uh, and know well to where they don't have to think they just have to play. And that adds an element of speed and, you know, doing not thinking, which is very, you, you look at some of the, the best offenses in the NFL. They, they have these guys, they have these systems um, that they feel comfortable in and can play faster just without having to, you know, go through the whole thought process of, Am I in the right spot? Am I doing the right thing? And right. That's what right. And, and that that's what I like about uh, Downing being promoted is they're not going to be building an entirely new offense from scratch. They're going to they're going to stick with what worked last year and they're going to they're going to play off of that. Uh and now I'm hoping I'm hoping I I'm not expecting him to be, but I'm hoping Todd Downing is as innovative with his offensive play calling and and some of the formations and the plays that Arthur Smith was, because I think that was what like Arthur Smith, like he, he, he knew what got him to, or what, what got the Titans success. And it was just handing off the football and play action based off of that. But then he would throw in little wrenches in there every once in a while. I'm hoping Todd Downey can, can do that as well, because I think those were the things that made the, the Titans offense so dynamic. So, but with all that said, I am glad that it's not, an entirely new guy bringing an entirely new system to where this entire offense is going to have to be like, wait, okay, hold on. 
what's this play call again? What's this? What are we doing on in in these down and distances? Like they already know because it's already been implemented. Yeah, no question. And uh, he comes from you know coaching the tight ends, and just so happened that Johnny Smith had a career best eight touchdowns receiving. He had one on the ground. You have Anthony Ferkser, who continues to show up in big moments late in the game. Yeah. Uh, he produced a ton towards the end of the season and last season in the playoffs. So that is good news. Going back to the tight end coach well is fine with me. Look, it's not yeah. an exciting hire. It's not. No. Let's but but neither was Arthur Smith. No. Neither was Arthur Smith. You just want you just want one that works. You don't at the time of you know, excitement can dwindle as soon as week three with some of these hires. And while it didn't seem like the coaching search ever really got off the ground, the wheels never went up on the plane, the Train never left the station. Um, I, I, I'm confident that this will work. A lot of he's spoken highly of inside of the organization. Just the questions we have about Todd Downing are the same exact questions we had about Arthur Smith, which gives me hope. Now, mm-hmm. Downing has um, he has a, a year under his belt of calling plays in the NFL, which is something that Arthur Smith didn't have when he took the job. So for that, I, I'm a little more confident. Um there's a lot to like about this downing hire, but it is definitely not you know, the hottest name on the block, right? No, no, without, without, yeah. And, and I agree with you in, in the sense that, right, like sometimes promoting within works. And, and I think that keeping that continuity on offense is going to work here. Now, I also do understand it. That'd be like saying, you know, if, you know, every time Peter Parker gets bit by a spider, he's going to get even more stronger superpowers. Like that's not necessarily the case. Sometimes getting bit by a spider just gives you a bump, you know, like, so, so hopefully like thinking that we're going to be getting the next reincarnation of Arthur Smith, I think is that's unfair to Todd Downing, but thinking that we get a respectable play caller who, you know, could potentially be a play caller here for three, four years, I think that would be more realistic. I don't think Todd Downey is going to leave in two years for a head coaching job. But uh, hopefully he does because that means it worked, right? Well, that, and that's true too. Yeah, that's a that's actually a great that's a great counterpoint. So so another pro about Downing is he does have play calling experience prior. He was the offensive coordinator for the Oakland Raiders um, as recently as 2017, I believe. Right under Jack Del Rio. Um, yep. Yes, and that and. Up until Jack Del Rio's final season in Oakland, the the Raiders were building something special. They were building something really good. And I really liked what they were doing. Now, granted, the, the Del Rio's last year, I think he went six and ten, and then the entire staff was canned. Uh, Todd Downing along with it. Mm-hmm. Uh and but that was more so that wasn't more so a, a about Del Rio and his staff. That was more so about them wanting to bring in John Gruden. So, but with that said, Downing in his, with his time with the Raiders, Derek Carr had all three of his Pro Bowl seasons under Downing's tutelage. That tells me that, that tells me that Ryan Tannehill will be able to do some great things and continue the great work that he did under Arthur Smith with Downing, uh, as a lead. And that's the most exciting part, right? Because you know what you have in Derrick Henry. The offensive line, if healthy, you can, you know, crank out another 1500 yard season for Henry. Sure. Um, just being conservative with that number, obviously, after we, what we saw from this year, you can't rule him out of anything. Um, yeah. But yeah, before Downing even was the offensive coordinator in Oakland, the two years he spent as quarterbacks coach there 
I, I mean, he helped Carr go to two Pro Bowls, like you mentioned, before taking over as offensive coordinator. And Derek Carr, as a Pro Bowl quarterback, I mean, to get him to that point, I, I get that he has the skill set and everything. He's got the right. arm. But it, putting it all together in a Raiders offense where their leading receiver was former Titan Jared Cook, right? Uh, it, it's impressive. It is impressive. But when you look at some of the other things, and we'll get into the cons in a minute, um, there wasn't a whole lot to go with Derek Carr. Yeah. No, and, and and I think you said it too. I mean, just the fact that you make Derek Carr into one of the top quarterbacks in the sport, like that that alone deserves high praise. And I, I think Todd Downing reserve, uh, deserves all of the uh, respect for that. Now, again... I, I well, do you have any more pros before we move on to the uh, to the cons? Um, one, yeah, uh, in 2017 on the Oakland Raiders, the leading points scorer was none other than Italian Ice Giorgio Tavecchio. <laughs> uh, not to brag, uh, old friend right. alert. That's right, the Italian Ice. We miss him. Um, I, I that that wasn't necessarily a pro for Downing though. That was just a no. That, that was, was like a, a that was like a pro for me. Just seeing okay. that. <laughs> I, it just gave me a feeling of nostalgia when we, the one episode we had Tavecchio talk. Giorgio Tavecchio. Oh man, I miss, <laughs> I miss it, dude. I kind of wish he would have signed on uh, as the Titans kicker. Uh, although Sam Sloman did provide a wonderful uh, memory. As Will he Titans. ever be heard from again? I feel like no. that's when you just ride off into the sunset on. Sam Sloman's going to make a great remember the Titan and not, not even like a great remember the Titan like 10 years from now. I'm talking like, a great remember the Titan 10 months from now. <laughs> like next year, we're going to be like, Hey, remember Sam Sloman? Oh my gosh. Short, fat college looking kid. <laughs> Doinked it in the That's double thumbs up. All I think about is the double thumbs up. <laughs> we love Sam Sloman though, but yeah, love like, is, is a big Sam Sloman podcast. We are going to have to pull some teeth here because there are cons as well, right? There are cons. There are cons. And, uh, uh yeah, I was, I was kind of, uh, I was kind of stalling there. I didn't really want to get to it, but we do have to get to it. We wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't get to the cons. Now, I think the biggest con is when Downing was offensive coordinator for the Raiders. And granted, it's a totally different team, a totally different personnel, but they were tied for 17th in total offense, 324 yards per game, and 23rd in scoring offense with only 18.8 points per game. Not great especially coming off of a season where the Titans just put up franchise best in those numbers. I now look, I don't think that would be fair to say, Oh, well, just because that's what he did with the Raiders. That's what he's going to do with the Titans. He's coming in with a much better, much, much better talent. He has, he has more talented quarterback, way more talented running back, probably the most talented running back he's ever had in his coaching career. And, you know, an offensive line that's strong, wide receiving core that's great. Like, I, I think, like, yes, that's a con because it's not it's not great. It doesn't jump off the page at you. But it also, it, it, it doesn't, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's an end-all be-all of a look at how this season's going to go. So, it's not. But uh, I do have some cons that are similar. I mean, the run game that he had to work with, or well, that not only he had to work with, but he was in charge of as well. You know, granted, 
Marshawn Lynch out of retirement is exactly the RB1 you'd hope for in your first year calling plays in the NFL. Yeah. That's who he had, and he, you know, 25th in rushing is, is not doing a whole, mu- a whole bunch with any of that. Uh, yes, the situation has changed, and I think after, you know, spending some time behind Arthur Smith, seeing how he worked the run game, I, I, I want to think that he will improve in that aspect. Another, another con is you look at some of these, these numbers, uh, 16th in passing, right? They were playing from behind most of the time in these games. They finished with a six and 10 record. So those might be a little juiced up. Uh, so, so maybe the offense wasn't really functioning at that high of a level with him, uh, you know, and it's, look, he got fired the year after. It's no secret that this offense wasn't perfect. Let's, let's make sure that that's clear. 20, 23rd in points. Um, that, that's bottom third. Bottom third is no good. The, the, the thing is though, turnovers, which the Titans have been so good at, uh, at limiting, um, Tannehill, I think only threw seven picks this season. Henry didn't put the ball on the ground towards, you know, until the last game or until, uh, the, the Packers game in week 16. Um, the Raiders were top third in that. I think they were, they finished 11th in turnovers in, in Downing's year. So they can take care of the football and with the the talent that the Titans have on offense, all you have to do is take care of the football, and the talent will you know will will rise to the top. But yeah, so so some of these numbers and some of these things about Derek Carr that look so great on paper, um, they may not be completely accurate as to how they were actually functioning as an offense that season, just because of them having to come from behind and all of that. The um. Another another con. Um, I mean, his name's Todd. Yeah. I don't know how we feel about that. Todd's um, not an exciting name. It's not a. It's not a. And no offense to any Todds that are currently Tuppers. Uh, we love all of our Todds that are Tuppers. But right. as a as a football coach, Todd doesn't necessarily scream. Uh, give me your attention in this meeting. You know, <laughs> it's like if I have to, if I, if I'm in a film session and, and the guy with the laser pointer is named Todd, I don't know. I'm just, I, I think I'm tuning out a little bit. It's more. the perfect name to just be like, okay, Todd, whatever. Right. It's like, okay. Yeah. It was a gift, Todd. I'm, I'm keeping it. Um, yeah. yeah so famous person named Todd. I mean, Todd Helton. Yeah. They, uh, I was, uh, Todd Haley, uh, coach for, um, I don't even think I know. Steelers. That. Um, yeah. Todd Bowles. Oh, Todd Bowles Todd is Haley, doing yeah, the offensive coordinator. Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles is doing decently with the with He's the defense in thing. Tampa. Not a ton of you know uh, um, names you remember for you know for generations though. These are just you know. Yeah, there's not not many like Todds that come to mind that they're, are like they're uh, retread offensive and defensive coordinators. In the yeah, 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 the best in their fields. <laughs> uh, not a lot, whole lot of Todds. Um, but no offense to any Todds. Like we like we, yeah. we love Todds that it's listen to this podcast. Downing can make a name for not only himself but all Todds. Uh, before we move on to Shane Bowen, uh, do I have to give a quick shout out? Uh, new tight ends coach, which. With the way things are rolling, dare we say the new offensive coordinator in two years? <laughs> Shout out to my former high school teammate, Luke Steckel. Luke Steckel, the new tight ends coach for the Tennessee Titans, Brentwood High School grad. Uh, Shout out, played his uh, college football at Princeton. Um, so he's very smart, very intelligent guy. Uh, cool dude. I love Luke. Loved him in in high school. Great guy. 
He's the uh, new tight ends coach, so he will be the offensive coordinator in a couple years, which if that does come true, if for whatever reason he gets promoted to offensive coordinator after this, which at the rate the Titans are promoting tight ends coaches, it's only a matter of it's a matter of when, not if. Seems inevitable. Exactly. That would be cool because that would be a legacy hire because the Titans offensive coordinator when they went to the Super Bowl was Les Steckel, who was Luke's dad. And the Brown High School Bruins offensive coordinator of the year they won state in 2002. Shout out. <laughs> Hashtag God bless and go Bruins. Uh, but no, Les Steckel, the the architect of. To me, I don't think it was a bad call. The the Kevin Dyson slant that should have gone for a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Um, he actually wrote a book about that play. One is called One Yard Short, naturally. Um, and yeah, it, I think I think to me. First of all, you call that play nine times out of 10, that tackle is broken. And just that 10th time, Mike Jones actually made that tackle, which so that, yeah, Mike Jones. <laughs> so, eight, one, eight, six, 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 phone, phone, eight, zero, zero, four. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, gosh, but he, uh, Mike Jones also a Mizzou grad. So I, I'm, I'm a little torn oh, there as well, okay. but no, no, no Titans allegiance all the way. So shout out Luke Steckel. Congrats on the promotion to tight ends coach. And let me be the first thing graduate late you as being the Titans new offensive coordinator in a couple of years. That's now if that does happen. And if, if, you know, Downing goes on to get a job and Luke Steckel comes up and he goes on to do great things and finds another job, the Titans tight end coach has to be the most attractive position coach in the NFL. It's the golden ticket uh, of coaching jobs. It is the, it is the one you want to get at Alabama, right? You're, right. you're going to eventually get a head coaching job after it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Screw you, Nick Saban. I'm pretty sure Mike Vrabel's offensive coordinators. That's he's the guy who runs the rehab facility for coaches. All right. Let's, let's just go ahead and get into it. Uh, Shane Bowen, like we did with Todd Downing, we'll give the pros and then we'll give the cons. So the pros for the Titans, promoting outside linebackers coach slash co-defensive coordinator from last year, Shane Bowen, up to just full-time defensive coordinator this year. Uh, They are as follows. Okay, I, I, I mean, do you have any, Jack? I don't. Let me see here. I thought I brought some. You know, I think I must have misplaced my pros for for Shane Bowen. Oh, I'm sure I'll find them sometimes. This is, this is awkward. Um, let me see if I can Google something real quick. Uh, oh my gosh, this is weird. I just typed in I just typed in Shane Bowen pros, uh, and and literally Google said zero results. <laughs> You get the, uh, I've, five I've never seen that before. Uh, let me type in. Let me type in Shane Bowen. Uh, good things about him being the Titans' offensive coordinator. Oh my! Again, nothing See, again, dude. This is weird. I've never seen Google return zero search results. Uh, okay. You know what? Let's just let's just skip the pros for now because clearly there are none. Um, and let's just go straight into the damn cons of why the hell the Tennessee Titans Ugh. promoted Shane Bowen as their defensive coordinator. I haven't heard a single good thing for the last 
almost a week now. Going, It hasn't even been a week yet. I haven't heard one good positive from this move and this decision. And to me, this is Mike Vrabel being stubborn as hell. And I'll say this. I love Mike Vrabel as this team's head coach. I love him. I absolutely hate him when he has his hand in the defense because clearly he did this past year and it sucked. And he did in his final year uh, with the Texans as the defensive coordinator down there. And they had the worst defense in the NFL. Mike Vrabel is like the reverse Peter principle. He is great as a head coach. He is great as the, as the top leader. But he is absolutely terrible if he has to do anything less than that. If he has to be a coordinator, a positions coach, it's it's just awful. And I don't want him to have any hand in that. And honestly, with the way things have been going, I don't want him to have any hand in the hiring process either. Because to, to see what the Titans did on defense last year and say, you know what? Let's run it back. Let's do that again. Let's try this one more time. And you know what? I bet this time it's going to be better. The definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over and expecting different results. They just tried the same thing over and over for 16 weeks, 16 games, 17 weeks in a row, and nothing changed. You could argue it got worse as the season went on. It was pathetic how bad this defense was. And they say that defense wins championships. Well, that's the exact reason why the Titans didn't win one this year. Because they had no defense. All right? Things that shouldn't have gotten sequels. Okay? Grown-ups 2 and the <laughs> Titans defense. Okay? The Titans 2020 defense. Absolutely pathetic. And it pisses me off. And Jack, I texted you right after it became official. I texted you and I said, my blood is boiling. I haven't been this pissed off since Blaine Gabbert started week 17 a couple years ago. Okay? I am so fed up with this decision and it's stubbornness from Rabel. And he's just now I'm freaking talking in circles and I'm just starting to make my same points over and over again because I'm just, I haven't been able to think straight over the last week. I am so livid. Like I'm, it, it pisses me off that they, that they saw that season and said, you know what? We had the, what the 28th ranked defense in the league. We had the worst third down defense in in, in NFL history. We we tied the NFL record for the fewest number of sacks as a as an NFL team or as a, as an NFL playoff team. And with all of that, yeah, you know what, Shane, you deserve a promotion. I. Look, it was a good. I, you had a good rant. That, that was. I'm sorry. I I I have to stop because I'm going to say things that I I will regret, and this is being recorded, so I'm going to stop. But my goodness, damn it, Titans! You and I. I this comes from a place of love. I love the Titans, and I still will. I'm still going to cheer for them. I'm still going to. But my goodness, this is this feels like when the Browns brought back Hugh Jackson after a one in fifteen season. This feels like when Bill O'Brien blew a twenty four point lead to the Chiefs in the playoffs last year and they and they promoted him to GM on top of his head coaching duties. Neither of those decisions worked out for those teams. So why on earth do the Titans think that they're going to get better on defense by bringing back and promoting the guy who was the architect, the guy who Mike Vrabel already said ran the meetings, ran the teams, like called all the plays. 
he already was the defensive coordinator last year. So promoting him and making his job title official, you think is going to be better? I'm sorry, Jack. It's time for you to speak. I, I got to stop. It's okay. That was a great rant. You uh, you did struggle to get off the field, though. Uh, kind of. Like <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm pissed. I, I like. I'm. I'm so mad right now. So. Yeah, Shane Bowen, horrible. To not even go out and look, what what was the point? So the only point, really, that I saw in, you know, the week that Terrell Austin's name was thrown around. Um, same with Pep Hamilton. It, it's pretty clear that the Titans did not have any interest in, in, in going any different route other than in-house. Those guys were just brought in to satisfy the Rooney rule. Um, so what you do by promoting Shane Bowen, it's kind of like when you go out on a field trip and – the kid that, you know, gets his buddies and they run off and, and, and go uh, go down the block and, and kind of leave the, 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 the play theater or the, the, the Green Hills Mall court, the food court. Um, yeah, sure. It's, it's kind of like coming back to school the next day and that guy's the guy who is the line leader to lunch. Um, that, that's what the Titans have done in promoting Shane Bowen. Um, so there is a, a long-established connection, though, between Bowen and Frable, and this is kind of what I'm worried about is in 2012, Bowen, he was a GA. This is when Bowen and Vrabel met. A, a defensive GA on Urban Meyer's staff at Ohio State in 2012. That's when the two met. Um, after Vrabel moved on to do bigger and better things in the NFL, uh, when Vrabel was coaching linebackers in Houston, who pops up? Shane Bowen again. And who is he an assistant to? Mike Vrabel. But they actually had some success early on in Houston. First, you know, they had the league's best defense, uh, best third down defense, second in passing yards. I mean, so so they have accomplished some things, and they know what a good defense does look like. But Vrabel then was promoted in 2017 to be defensive coordinator. Houston actually – so this is – I am mildly hopeful. Uh, Houston ranked fifth in third down defense again in, in 2017. Uh, then Vrabel goes to the Titans in 2018. And uh, granted that 2017 defense in Houston was abysmal. It was a uh, bottom of the league in most categories, but they did get off the field in third down. Uh, Vrabel goes and grabs a head coaching job with the Titans. He calls Bowen. Hey, Shane, come coach the uh, outside linebackers. He's a Georgia tech grad. Same with Derek Morgan. Um, you know, and he, he was responsible for coaching up Harold Landry and Sheree Finch, Sheree Finch, who has been released now and Harold Landry, who, um, who shows flashes that the Titans need to do better at his, you know, handling his snap counts. Um, and I think part of that could be Shane Bowen. Um, but there's nothing to like here. The Titans, when you, in an off season where you could have cast a very wide net in finding a different guy say, okay, you know what? Shane Bowen, Rabel admits it at the end of the season. Shane Bowen was behind this. Shane Bowen was calling the plays. It wasn't me. It was Shane, right? Nothing worked out. Don't blame me. Blame Shane. Yeah, yeah that, which that to me was just like the ultimate, like throwing him under the bus type of thing. And and I, I know that's not where it, it came from. And I know like, you know, if you hear it in context, it doesn't necessarily come across as that initially, but it, it essentially was, he was trying to, he was trying to say that basically, oh no, like you guys are getting too hung up on titles. This is this is who has he has been the man basically this whole time. It's like hung up on titles. I just want to know who's running this damn defense. Around Ex and I, exactly like I, I'm the only reason people were hung up on titles is because the performance on the field was not there. 
Like people are like, okay, well, who are we to blame? Somebody who is has to blame? Accountability there. Somebody has to exactly. take accountability. And and and, and if Grable's going to say that that he did everything, then clearly he was to blame. Am I wrong in saying that? And he was like, oh, I should have been more clear with you guys. It's like you knew exactly what you were doing, Vrabes. You, you know, uh, it's it's frustrating. The whole thing's it's just a disappointment. But part of me hopes that Vrabel. Like, yeah, like Shane led all the meetings and Shane did, you know, all the, you know, ran the practices and all of that. But Vrabel still had his hand in, in, in the mix and, and it's Vrabel's defense. That's the thing. Was very controlling and very like, you know, like almost like, almost was like too involved. And, and now with this promotion, Vrabel's basically saying like, okay, no, Shane, it's yours. I'm going to step back. That's that's the only thing I can think of that could potentially be a positive from this. And maybe maybe it was Rabel was the reason why, you know, like it because if you're gonna be a coach, if you're gonna run all these meetings and stuff, but have your boss looking over your shoulder with everything that you do, yeah, you could see where there could be some disconnect there. But I don't know. I that's just me completely speculating. I don't I have no idea, but that's those are the vibes that I pick up on, especially with just Rabel and his stubbornness. Like I, I don't doubt for a second that. He went out and he hired, or I mean, or he he promoted Shane Bowen after everyone was basically saying, "Do not promote Shane Bowen. Do not do not make a hire from within. Go out and hire someone else from outside the building." Like he was basically saying, "Oh, you know what? Screw you guys. I can win with my staff that I have right now, and, you and look, I'm going to show it." You look at Vrabel's track record, and look, he's made some great hires from at the coordinator positions you have dean pease you have arthur sure. smith. arthur smith um this is his second this is his second cycle now and it's hard to it's hard to knock both out of the park especially when you're looking in the same year granted they didn't look at all uh so we'll see it, it's it's kind of rabel may have done this to alleviate some pressure from bowen during the season when things weren't going well said you know what i'm not going to throw him under the bus now when things are going terribly. Hopefully this writes itself by the end of the season. It didn't. And then Bowen does this, or I mean, Rabel does this and says, you know what? Bowen called the plays. Uh, he was probably just buying Shane Bowen some time uh, to, to get things right on the defensive side, but it never did. And then, then they never corrected, you know, the huge issues that they had. It seemed like a, an overly complex defense where guys were, were, were thinking, we talked about this with Mariota and how important cont continuity is. Guys weren't playing as fast as they possibly could because there was so much thinking going involved. Yeah. They had to learn this defense over the offseason. Um, and, and they have the personnel. I don't think anyone doubts their personnel. Yeah, see, and that's that's the one thing well, people that, say is like that edge rusher. They clearly don't have the guys there. But right. where else? The yeah, the defensive line, you could you, yes, we all agree that the personnel is not there. But a lot of people are saying, Oh, well, this is Vrabel saying it was a personnel issue, not a coaching issue. And doubling down on that. And to that, I say, okay, yeah, yes, I agree. There's no, there was a personal issue on the defensive line, but everywhere else was pretty decent. I mean, maybe, maybe the Titans definitely need another linebacker or something, but in the secondary, at least it's the personnel was great. Yeah. And, but, but you had guys like Kevin Byard, who's been an all pro in years past, completely disappeared. So, so why is it like, the, what's the excuse there? What's the excuse for the personnel that you do have being non-existent, being not a factor in this season? Like, if all pro-caliber defensive players like Kevin Byard go from Dean Pease 
in all this all this success, personal success, all yeah. the accolades, to just a guy in a matter of one year. You that's gotta, scary. Got to think that that's that has to do with the scheme that he's put in, um, and, and maybe Byard's overthinking things. Maybe maybe he's not comfortable in this defense. But at that point, when you realize these guys aren't, you, you know, filling in as you you had hoped they would, aren't learning this as fast as as you got to you got to simplify things. You you, you got to keep yes. simple, stupid. The kid yeah. rule, right? Right. And I think that if if Bowen wants to have any success, that's that's his only shot. Um, in doing that, you, you got to look dumb things down. Let's start. Let's start with the basics. Let's let's break this thing down and get one thing right at a time. And then we build up to this, you know, master plan that you had this season that produced the 24th best scoring defense, the 28th ranked rush, the 24th ranked rush defense last in the NFL and third down 52% disgusting last in sacks before the playoffs where they had five in the wild card round against a quarterback that was on the run. Most of the game 25th in opponents yard per play. Stop! Make it stop. The only the only solid statistic they had was that they were an opportunistic defense. They were tenth in takeaways. Now I, I think ta- takeaways are based more on luck than they are on skill or scheme. Yeah, or or on the opposing team that you're playing they're, too. Because if you got a yeah, they're a chance thing that happens. Yeah, one year you can be number one, the next year you can be twenty fifth. Just look at the sure, team. and and you can have one of the best defenses in the league and not force a lot of turnovers. Like that's, I agree with you a hundred percent on that. Um, I will say this. So I, I actually clicked on the link that the Titans shared announcing both downing and, and, and Shane. Um, and I, because I was curious, I was like, how are they going to spin this? Because you know, Titans online, it's your number one source for fluff and no offense to Jay, uh, Jim Wyatt, uncle Jim. We love Jim. He he can't, he's a great reporter, but, you know, like most of most stories posted to titansonline.com, mostly his excluded, but are 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 definitely like, you know, they're we're gonna spin this in a positive light. You can't be kinda writing like, slander working for the team. That's just bad right. <laughs> kind of like our podcast does for the most part, to be honest with you. You know, we are the Titans, the loyal Titans fanboy podcasters. <laughs> the uh so I, I read this and I was like, okay, how are they gonna spin this to make this this hiring look good? And they they said, uh, speaking of the twenty three takeovers, uh, takeaways, they said those twenty three takeaways led to seventy one of the four hundred and ninety one points scored by the Titans this season. <laughs> so the best thing that they could say about this defense was that the offense scored a lot of points. <laughs> it just and then, work, man, it just didn't. Work. And, and then they they also tried justifying the Titans' awful defense by saying in 2020 the defense did struggle on third down while failing to get consistent pressure on quarterbacks following an off season without an off season program OTAs or minicamp. So there you go. There's the there's the, there's where everything went wrong. There was no off season program OTAs or minicamp. Never mind the fact that other defenses didn't seem to struggle pressuring the quarterback uh, as much as the Titans did, but the, the Titans did because they didn't have an off season program, OTAs or minicamp. The one so. thing I'll say is they kept it consistent, right? Uh, when things went bad, it was, Oh, the guys didn't get to learn it, you know, in the off season. Oh, it's a new scheme. It's you know, right. condensed off season. It won't work. It's, it's, it's their excuse. And it's Mike Vrabel's excuse to keep Bowen around because that's his buddy. And they've had success in the past working together. Right. So, Look, fool me once, 
shame on shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, see ya. I mean, I mean, see ya. I don't know. Oh, I was gonna do a Derrick Henry thing. I was gonna do a. I don't know. Either way, fool me three times. This Tighten Up podcast is gonna become the uh, the. Uh, what the bear down podcast i don't know we'll, well, we'll it's really fool me once sh- you know shame on you fool me twice and you're fired and then if the, if he sticks around for a third time or Vrabel swings and misses on the next guy then derrick henry's prime you've kissed it goodbye oh yeah. i honestly i think if if the titans have another defense as poorly as what we just witnessed this past season that really in my opinion i think that it did cost the titans a chance at a championship with as good as the offense was, I think this Titans team could have won a championship. If you have even a 18th or anywhere from like 15 to 18th ranked defense, I think this team could have could potentially be playing in the Super Bowl this week. Championship um, shows don't last forever. That's for but sure. if this if 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 we get the same thing next year, I, I think then you start talking about Rabel as your head coach. I think the Bunsen burner underneath his seat gets turned up just a little bit. I think then it's like, okay, we start having those hot seat discussions. I don't think we're there yet. I Again, I love Rabel and I love him as head coach, but this is his move. Dumb decisions. Uh, th- when they start piling up, it- it's going to be bad. And this was, this is the start. And Jack and I talked about it at the end of, uh, at the end of the season when they lost to the Ravens, we said, this is arguably the most important off season in Titans franchise history, especially coming off of an off season that was one of their worst of all time. Not off to a hot start. Right, and it is not off to a hot start. Before we get to Alan Bell, let's talk real quickly about the Colts quarterback situation. Uh, <laughs> this is, Jack, I liked what you said. This is this this is our clowny watch this year, in my opinion, because it is it has nothing to do with the Titans, but in a way, it kind of has everything to do with the Titans because the Colts, you could argue, are the Titans' biggest threat for them to repeat as AFC South champions. And whoever they bring in at quarterback plays a big role in whether and on how good the Colts will be next year. Indy and 2021. That's what we're going to call it. Indy what watch 2021. Indy watch? Indy watch. Okay, I like that. I like that. You got to have an E at the end, you know. You got to have that E sound. E- Indy watch. Clowny In- watch. Clowny. I like that. Yeah. No, it's, it, it's got a nice ring to it. Indy watch. Okay, so Indy Watch 2020. Um, there were a couple of names thrown out, Jack. Both Jameis Winston and Carson Wentz. Yeah, in a tweet, Evan Massey, um, a guy who writes for the Colts, or writes, covers the Colts. Colts maintain a high level of interest in trading for Carson Wentz if the Eagles move him. Another name to keep an eye on, Jameis Winston. Indy is intrigued by him. Now, Evan Massey here only has about 7,000 followers and obviously doesn't have the, the built-up credibility that you would want um, in such a in such a report like this, so it, it is interesting though, just in the guys the Colts are looking at, because they missed out on Stafford. They, there's no question that they were involved in discussions with the Lions and Stafford. Stafford goes out to the Rams. The Rams hate first round draft picks. They say, hey, you know what? Have <laughs> Jared Goff, who the GM actually now of the Lions liked um, before, but. The Colts are now left with a couple options because Deshaun Watson, they're not going to get rid of him interdivision. Okay. So, well, I mean, let's not put it past the Texans. They are kind of Brian's gone. So you'd like to think that that's that's true. That's true. But they are kind of dumb. They are kind of dumb. So they're uh, very dumb, but you know, that only leaves the Colts with a few more options. And I think that the biggest name of those options, the best, 
player of those quarterback options they have left to pick from is Carson Wentz. But with the hire, the offensive coordinator hire from the Colts uh, up to Philly, and the guy's press conference was a total nightmare, but it, it, uh, you would think that Carson Wentz is going to stay put, as it, it at least looks that way. James Winston's a free agent. Whether Sean Payton wants him back or not, uh, no one knows. The The whole Saints quarterback, it, it, you know, that, that that's a whole mystery this offseason. <laughs> right. But it, for the next few years, at least, until Urban Meyer helps either helps Jacksonville turn into a contender or um, ends up in a cardiologist's office, you know, it, it's it's a battle between the Colts and the Titans for the division title. The AFC South is a two-team race for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I, I'm still not completely sold that Aaron Rodgers is staying put in Green Bay. I think I think he just said that to kind of kill down a lot of the narrative surrounding him. But uh, TJ Lang, Lang, former Packers lineman and Aaron Rodgers teammate and good friend said Rodgers is hell bent on revenge um, when it comes to the Packers. So that does does that mean does that mean staying with them and winning or does that mean leaving them and and it's open? It's open ended. It's you know, you can interpret it in a few different ways, but there's going to be so much uh, quarterback shuffling this offseason. So, so much can happen. Jameis could stay with the Saints. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo could leave San Francisco and end up in, in Indianapolis. Like there's so that's the thing that sucks exactly when the Colts need a quarterback. There are literally so many decent options out there. Now, if Jameis or Carson end up in, in Indianapolis, I, I would, I would welcome either one of them. I James think that would be great. I will, I will drive you. Yeah, because then you're guaranteed. Look, and th- then you're guaranteed to get uh, Kevin Byer to get his interception total back up. So, <laughs> all right. Before we get to Allen Bell, let me talk to you about DraftKings, guys. The 55th big game is this weekend. <laughs> Did you know that? Well, now you do. 55 and a game this big deserves a big prize. Not just some trophy. So to finish off the football season, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all players a no-brainer of an offer. Okay? To celebrate football's finale, DraftKings Sportsbook is doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in the big game. (laughs) That's right. All it takes is for one touchdown to be scored Sunday night. And boom, your money is doubled. Sounds like a no-brainer, right? Uh, Yeah. And uh, last time I checked, I'm pretty sure uh, Patrick Mahomes and or Tom Brady will score a touchdown at least once. So I think I mean, they got one. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to toot. I, or I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch. But let's be honest. A touchdown will be scored. So as if this game wasn't big enough reason to party with double the cash, you'll be celebrating till next season. Don't forget about DraftKings Big Game Prediction Challenge with up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs and instant prizes for everyone who enters the contest. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion, that's billion with a B, dollars to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. All right, so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code A to Z Sports. Okay, that's promo code A to Z Sports to get a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in Sunday's game. All right, once again, that's promo code A to Z Sports, T-A-T-O-Z sports to get a shot at doubling your money during Sunday night season finale only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Okay. Must be 21 or older Tennessee only see DraftKings.com slash prediction dash challenge dash DFs 
DFS for details. Restrictions apply. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789. That said, let's get to Alan Bell. I can't contain my excitement, all right? I'm like Jesse Spanos with some caffeine pills, all right? I A guy that we had on uh, once before on this podcast, in fact, not too long ago on this podcast, and we, we loved him so much, we had to bring him, we had to get him back in the fold, and we figured what better week to get him back in the fold than on the biggest football week of the year, Super Bowl week. He works for Sportsline, CBS Sportsline, and is one of my favorite Twitter accounts on the platform. I've said it before. If you're not following this guy, you're not doing Twitter right. At Alan Bell 247. That's two L's in Alan, two L's in Bell. He is Alan Bell. Dude, Alan, how are you, man? Boys, I'm good, man. Y'all doing all right? Doing great. Oh, yeah. It's uh, I mean, I like that I, Jesse Spano shout out. Yeah. Did hey, you like that? Screech. Hey, rest That's in true. peace. Hey, yep. pour one out for uh, for Screech. <laughs> Memorial services held at the Max later today. <laughs> uh, I need I need to watch some magic tricks. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, <laughs> some awkward magic tricks. Like, why is that guy showing? Why is that guy showing magic to a bunch of high schoolers? That Dude, just, let me say first off, and not to you know, not to get off topic here, but I mean, what was right. he doing? I mean, these were kids, man. Like this dude didn't—he didn't need to be around them, right? No. But I'm just gonna go ahead and say that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you, and I think that's why he was only on like the first season, and then the rest of the, the <laughs> show a good he wasn't point. on. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think he got a little too creepy for everyone. Uh, Alan, what we do with every interview, we 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 start off with our heavy hitting questions. We 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 get to the brass tacks up front. And then, and then we can have fun the rest of the interview. So I have to start here. Did you know that Tom Brady is 43 years old? Wow. Didn't know that. Yeah. Not <laughs> enough people are talking about it. Yeah. Not, not, you would, you'd think that with him playing in a, uh, not enough people are talking about this. This is his 10th Super Bowl too. Yeah. You would think with him playing in his 10th Super Bowl, people would like, you know, be more cognizant of just how old he is. I know. I wish people were talking about this. I mean, these are the these are the hard hitting topics and questions that we need to know about. Now, I will say this, like joking aside, like, dude, the fact that this dude has started 19 years in the NFL and he's now going his 10th Super Bowl meaning that he's played in more Super Bowls than he's not played. Like, <laughs> what in the world is that? Like, I know. Like, and it, that would be one thing, like, if it was, like, one of you guys and, like, you played, like, three years, you know what I mean? And you went to two Super Bowls somehow. Right. Like, this dude's doing this over a 19-year <laughs> average, bro. Like, it, it really is incredible, man. Like, it, it's nuts. Yeah, his, so, his Super Bowl, like, his entire career can now legally buy cigarettes and <laughs> gone to Super Bowl in half of those years. It's crazy. Yeah. Dude, his soup, him going to Super Bowls is in like sixth grade. So, <laughs> <laughs> look, I don't have kids, so I don't know, dude. I don't know what age. Like, no, that sounds yeah. that sounds right. We're yeah. I'm gonna go with it. Yeah. the 19 year old sixth grader. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, also, you're talking about me. Yeah, uh, you know, middle school is really tough, bro. But I'll say this, dude. I graduated from middle school, and I don't have to take anything from anybody. All right, boom, <laughs> boom. gauntlet drop. Yeah. Hey, so let's go ahead and start here. Um, yep. Tom Brady and Mahomes. Yeah. A lot of people, they, I mean, some people are really high on this Super Bowl. Some people are like, uh, we kind of saw this coming. Uh, where do you stand on this? Man, I think it's going to be a good one, right? Like, I think we're going to have a good Super Bowl. Um, 
Okay, so kind of like if you're looking at it from a betting perspective, right? Like you find yourself between a rock and a hard place because Tom Brady is that ultimate dude of like every time you bet against him, he makes you pay for it, right? But the Chiefs are the exact same way. Like even though they were one of the worst teams in the NFL like against the spread this year, like every time that you would fade him, like that's when they win by 30. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. like I, I like honestly, like I, I really think that we're going to have a good game. Um, and it kind of works out too of like, you know, the Chiefs really aren't known for their defense. I mean, it's not bad, but like, you know, it, it's not like, you know, a Super Bowl defense like that you would think of, but the Bucks defense is. So, I mean, they're going to take away the run game. So, you know, it, it, it really like, I'm not going to say it's going to be a perfect game because who knows what's going to happen. But I mean, the, the two matchups, like when you go both sides of the ball, it's going to be pretty solid. Well, let's get into that because the line sits right now. It's kind of moving back and forth between three, three and a half to Kansas City. Over-unders juiced at 56 and a half. You'll find it at some place at 57. Um, Just right off the bat, because I know the public is going to, every Super Bowl, the public's going to bet the favorite and the public's going to bet the over. That's just how it goes. Do you see any value in maybe going against that thought process and maybe taking Tom Brady plus three and a half and maybe the under as well? What do you think? Yeah. So, you know, first off, like the first thing that jumps out to me is the three and a half. Right. So if you could get the hook, like, honestly, like, I think this is going to be a two to three point game. All right. So if you could get the hook with Tom Brady, I mean, that like that's value in itself. Like, even if the bet doesn't hit, you took a good shot. Right. Like, I mean, you know, like we always say, like sometimes good bets lose and bad bets win. So if you're if you could get that three and a half with the hook, like that's just solid insurance to have. You know, you you look at the total, I mean, 57, like that's a massive number, right? And what I want people to think about is this, like there's going to be a lot of people who are betting the Super Bowl for the first time. There, There's things to think about. Like this is not a normal game, okay? So first off, understand that you're going to have so many more commercial breaks as a whole. So, you know, when those come in a game, you know, in, in timeouts, et cetera, you know, whatever, things like that, like you're going to have so many more. So how, how does that affect either offense? Right. Like, because it, it's, it's way more like pauses, you know what I mean? And then second, like if, if anybody's betting like, uh, you know, first halves or second halves, you know, like CBS, they've sold, you know, let's just say there's 48 ads that, that are going out to the game. Right. So, you know, TV timeouts don't come evenly. Like you might have 20 commercials that are shown in the first half, which means that you've got to have 28 shown in the second half because they've all paid their six and a half million dollars. Right. So, you know, that's something to like, keep an eye on, like for anybody that's live betting the game that keep an eye on like how many ads were sold. And like, it's, it sounds crazy, like getting into like the marketing side, but like, honestly, like these are the things, um, you know, do you you keep tabs on that? What do you say? Do you keep tabs on that? Is that something you you follow, like you track during the game? Yeah, and I'll put that out like on Twitter for sure. Like, you know, and I mean, there's so many things like, you know, that else. Like, It's just a different game, you know, so understand that. Understand that, you know, if you look at like the numbers of what these teams score, say, in third quarters. Okay, well, that's, you know, that's generally an NFL halftime that's like 11 minutes. Like you barely have time to like get water. Well, this halftime's an hour roughly right so i mean you know what does that do again like you know does whoever have the ball like do they come out fast do they come out slow you know there's just a lot of weird things to think about but not to derail it like back to what you're saying like 57 points uh that's a lot and you know you look at like the numbers like betting wise there have been 12 super bowls beforehand that had a total of over 50 points and the under is eight three and one so I'm, yeah. So, I mean, like, I'm not saying that, like, it's a guaranteed lock that it's going to hit the under, but understand, like, 
you know, first quarters generally don't have a lot of points scored. Third quarters might not have a lot of points scored. So it's just a different game. Shootouts certainly can happen, but yeah, I mean, just kind of play the history on this one. Like it's generally tighter than people think. And with such a high total, you know, in a, in a, such a big game, players are they're probably going to have to shake off the nerves in the, in the first quarter a little bit. You know, whether it's the first drive, it takes two drives, three drives, or a quarter even. Maybe there is value in the under in the first half, more so in the game, just because, you know, the rhythm will be interrupted with the commercials. You're right. And uh, the halftime, you know, they're, they're, I just think that there could be hidden value in the first half going under just with nerves involved and a disrupted rhythm and all that kind of fit. So oh, you abs- agree? yeah, absolutely, man. And like, you know, you look at like, and I don't have the numbers in front of me of, of everything, but like, you know, say like the first quarter, the over unders like 10 and a half, right? Like if you could get it at 10 and a half, that means that you're going to have to have, you know, a touchdown, essentially either two touchdowns or a touchdown and two field goals, right? Three like, scores, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so like, I mean, like going off exactly what you're saying, right? Like there could be value, you know, in playing those unders. And let's just say this. Okay. So let's say it's 57 points. That's the total. All right. So that's essentially a what 30 to 27 type game. All right. So that's, let's say, let's just say chiefs win 30 to 27, right? Like, let's just use that as an example. That means that you're going to have roughly what four touchdowns, on either side or three touchdowns and one or two field goals. Like that's what you're looking at. So if you are playing props, you know, or anything like that, you know, take a look at like, okay, well, let's, you know, let's just say there's an average of four touchdowns on either side, right. On both sides. So, okay. Who are going to be those four that score those touchdowns? You know, is it going to be, you know, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, right? Like, I mean, those guys that you think, you know, automatically, however, you know, the Chiefs, like when they get in, the, you know, in the postseason, you know, besides the last game, because Mahomes is a little bit hurt, when they get the red zone, Mahomes tends to run the ball, which is not something like necessarily that he does. Like if you look at his touchdowns rushing, they're pretty much all postseason, right? So, I mean, it, it's just like little things like that. But like if you break down the game from a segment of saying, okay, well, there's, you know, let's just say four touchdowns on both sides. Okay, who's going to, you know, who's going to get these, right? Are the Chiefs going to throw three? rush one the bucks they rush more are we looking at like two and two you know so there's all kinds of ways to like go about it and take a look at like every single bet that you're going to play i hope that made sense it did um yeah. one one quick one but then i'll turn it over to austin real quick but um one of my favorite props and i'm, I'm sure that you know the public has caught on um in the last 10 weeks or however long it's been but travis kelsey's receptions the dude's a machine yeah I, I mean, he catches seven, eight, nine, ten balls every game, and his re- re- receptions prop has gone uh, over. I think ten weeks in a row. Yeah. Uh, what What's the deal? Is, is are, are the Chiefs or the Buccaneers going to try and take him away? Uh, can they stop? Yeah. Can oh. you take him away? <laughs> see, that's, that's the-, the question, man. Like, see, you know what? That's too. That that's a great point and a great question, right? So first, yeah, absolutely. Like. Like Travis Kelsey on his own is a stud. Travis Kelsey in double coverage is a stud. And that's the problem. So you start doubling that guy. Like the Chiefs have weapons everywhere. You know what I mean? Like that's the problem that they, that, that, I mean, that's why they win is that they always seemingly have like one more guy that you can guard. So, yeah, I mean, like, you know, it, 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 it comes down to like, how much do you trust the Bucks like front seven, specifically the defensive line? Like they could get after a quarterback, mm-hmm. right? But, Mahomes is the perfect like counterbalance to that because he can roll out. And that's essentially where he's best because not only one is he, you know, just kind of more athletic that way, but two, 
you know, when he rolls out, like, I don't care how good you are. Try guarding Tyreek or Kelsey for seven seconds. It, it, I mean, it's impossible. You know what I mean? So, yeah, like, I, I'm with you. Like, I'm all over Kelsey props this week. I'm all over Tyreek Hill props this week. And let me say this. Anybody out there listening, um, if you're playing anything over in terms of, like, a prop, do it now. Okay? Because the, the public is going to juice. They're already juiced to begin with. And then the public is going to bet over, 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 over. So if you wait till Sunday, you know, we might be looking at like, you know, receptions. I don't know the number offhand, but like, let's just say eight and a half. Like if it's sitting eight and a half now, Sunday morning, it's going to be 10, right? Like, so it's like, you know, just give you like, know the ones that you're going to play, especially prop wise and get those bets in now. Um, you know, and, and you can wait because I don't think we're going to like, you can wait on the game, the spread total. I don't think we're going to have much movement of those at all. Now, the, with the game being on CBS and Sportsline Company, yes, yeah, I was gonna say Sportsline's parent company, CBS. Yep. Are you allowed to say Super Bowl? Uh, great question. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, um, it depends on the usage of it. Okay, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. So uh, currently, like right now, like I'm setting up a lot of like social media ads. So anybody that talks football on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, you're going to see. Uh, ads in your feed, right? So for a bunch of sports on stuff. So no, like in that instance, I can't. And I mean, you know, we're, you know, I say we like CBS is, you know, the largest partner with the NFL and yeah. absolutely not. I would be in big, big trouble for doing that. Right. <laughs> but if we're just talking like, you know, just BSing on like Twitter or something like that. Yeah, no problem. But anything in like a professional manner where you're trying to sell no, those NFL lawyers are good. <laughs> I, I guess my, I guess my follow-up is uh, yeah. what's the NFL's deal. <laughs> Uh, they understand how valuable that those assets are. Right. So like, yeah, I know what's the NFL. I know. Like, I mean, they, they are, dude, they, they will get after you quick, man. Like they, they've done better. Like we've seen on Twitter, like you remember like three or four years ago when like it literally, if you put up like a highlight of like Derrick Henry scoring a touchdown, yeah. like dude, your account was suspended seven right. days. Minimum, right. right. Like they've done a good job of like calming down on that because they, you know, the, honestly the NBA showed them, that like, if you give the product out, like let people share it, like they're going to do your marketing work for you for free. Right. So exactly. the NFL, yeah. So the NFL kind of learned from that. But if you're trying to sell something in an ad space, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's the big game. Yeah, the, yeah. You can't even use that. Like I'm you, telling wait, you, like big yeah. game's gone now. They took Why? big game away from us. Notice you haven't seen that all week. Like, yeah. So wait, what can I say? Uh, good luck. I don't know. <laughs> I've been trying to figure that out all morning. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm like, just, uh, professional, uh, outing. like I literally, man, just the, the sport, the sports game, the sports yeah. game on Sunday, I'm going to go watch the sporting event Sunday. Like dude, their, their copyright lawyers are strong. They're, they're going to copyright the word Sunday. We're not even gonna be able to use that. It's like, Hey, you I, go I to mean, church this day of rest. <laughs> they are they own Sunday. Like, and, like, that's always the joke that I laugh about. Like, uh, you know, people like, you know, friends of mine who are like, aren't like, like big football fans or anything they're, you know, they'll say like, Oh, you know, the NFL seems like pretty important. I'm like, okay, well, I'll tell you what, I don't care how rich you are. Go buy a day of the week. All yeah. right. Good luck doing that. Like go buy the color blue. Good luck. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, all right. So let's get into some prop bets. Cause there are some wild ones out there. Yeah. Um, and I'm not even just referring to like, you know, the, the, the Travis Kelsey props that you were talking about earlier, you know, just like, I'm talking like you can literally bet on anything when it comes to the Super Bowl. Yep. It, like you will find a prop bet for it. Um, 
one of the a few of the ones that I I picked out a few that I really enjoyed, and I, I want to get your take on these, okay? Because I feel like you can I could throw anything your way, and you would, <laughs> yeah, you would run with it. One of my favorite ones is one that like, and we have some very specific prop bets for this year alone because I don't know if you heard or not, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Oh and, man, yeah, well, I know. <laughs> yeah, that and Tom Brady's age, dude. I'm learning a lot today. It, look, that's why people turn to the Tighten Up podcast because <laughs> you 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 walk away just smarter and more informed. One of my favorite props is what will be said first on the, on the TV broadcast. Shout out CBS. What's up? Nice. COVID or pandemic? COVID sitting at minus 500, a pandemic's plus 300. Ooh, okay. So yeah, what are we like, leaning? Yeah, so all right. So COVID obviously, you know, being juiced at, you know, minus 500, is an expensive price. But here's the thing. So you, and I have obviously no knowledge of this whatsoever, but like pandemic is a negative word, right? Like COVID, we all understand. I'm not saying COVID's positive, but like, <laughs> yeah, you know what, what I are mean? What are you trying like, to say, dude? Yeah, exactly. I know, right? Um, I'm pro COVID. No, um, <laughs> like, yeah, like pandemic sounds like so negative. You know what I mean? It's like, sure. oh, we're in a global recession. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> right. you, like you don't use those words. So uh, yeah, like even though it's high priced at 500, yeah, I'm going to go with COVID for sure. It's if like, they even bring it up, honestly. Like, like memorial service versus funeral, you know, yeah. like funeral is like, so, uh, but memorial yeah. service is like, ah, oh. yeah. I'm going to the celebration of life. It's right. Be yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. If you lay 500 uh, on COVID that you get, you need to be jailed. You need to be thrown under the jail. <laughs> you're going I, pandemic in this one, huh? <laughs> no, I'm just saying like, uh, the, you're yeah, you're just, if you just bet on this at all, just going laying minus 500 for the word COVID it just seems like, you know, that's you, well, I'm going to say that's for our degenerates out there. Yeah, Which, you know what? Now hey, I'm playing that one. Absolutely. I, I, I like the idea of COVID. Not, sorry, let me rephrase that. I like the idea of the prop bet for COVID um, yeah. because, uh, you know, obviously like COVID protocol, like it's it's become a part of like the everyday NFL lingo. However, my argument for pandemic would be I could very well see like an intro video to the Super Bowl be like we have been through, uh, you know, we're, we're in the midst of a global pandemic football has given us hope you know and like like them yeah. like and then like just it to like be serious yeah so that's that's that, that's where i'm hung up on on that no one. that's a, that's a great point man and like honestly like uh, you know the, one of those like tom rinaldi type pieces yes oh, yeah. yes right yeah I, that's not a bad call dude like that's not a bad call at all man um another one i really like uh and I, this is nothing football related but how many commercials will have a dog in it oh yeah uh, well, okay. So let's take out the big one. Uh, Anheuser Bush, they usually like now they have like a golden retriever that's in there. Uh, they're not doing an ad this year. Uh, ooh, does it have like an, like a, a total uh, over, over, over four and a half, uh, sit at minus two fifty, and under four and a half plus one seventy. dogs are in now. My, yeah. Dogs, dogs are, are in. big. Yeah. And, okay. And okay. Let, let's talk about this for one second. So with, you know, any company that's doing an ad, it's a tough time. It's been a tough year. So like, you're even more like on your P's and Q's, you know what I mean? Like you, you're really not, you, you want your name out there, but you're not really saying anything at all. And like a dog is like the most friendly thing. Like <laughs> yeah. honestly, like on the planet, like yeah. a dog, a baby dog, baby. Right. Yeah. But four and a half, like, that's a lot, man. Like, I think I'm going to play the under, uh, and I, dude, I love these, by the way, like we're, we need to keep tabs and like talk during the game on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm going to play the under because that's a, that's a high number, 
But again, like dog is about as friendly as it gets right now. Yeah. Alan Bell, anti-dog. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. Wow. Alan really doesn't want to see any dogs during the Super Bowl. Cool, uh, yeah. Pro COVID, anti-dog. Pro COVID and just hates dogs. It's amazing that I'm not married. Like, I mean, I, I have no idea why, you know? Um, and then obviously there's the classic color of the liquid poured on the winning coach. Yeah. Is there, um, uh, orange is sitting at plus 125 red slash pink is plus 300. I feel like the, the red slash pink, like, are you kind of getting two? two one. Yeah. You're getting a little, little, little deal, a little bargain on that one. I, I, don't are. Know. I mean, both teams wear red, right? Like, like you would think, yeah. Like you would think that like, you know, that that would be the favorite. Uh, last year it was orange that was poured on there. Um, do I they like tend the- to go like towards like the team color or is, is it just random? I, well, that's the thing, right? So, you know, it depends on the team. So I remember just like speaking locally, like Peyton Manning, he always had to have orange, you know, cause he's a Tennessee guy. And like, yeah, I mean, yeah, honestly, yeah. like he really did like, honestly, always had to have orange. I think that like, this is one of those where you pick, you pick two. So one pick your like color. And then I think you kind of hedge yourself with like clear. Right. Like, I, I think that like clear is like straight up like, water, basically. Yeah, it could be. Honestly, man, like you get like that's a true like two and one because it could be water or they do have like clear Gatorade, too. Right. So, yeah. That was, yeah. That was so, like, like I feel like, yeah, whatever. you kind of yeah. hedge yourself a little bit. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, that's my strategy with it. <laughs> and if you and if you're a Chiefs better, maybe maybe that's correlated. Right. Because they went orange last year. Yeah. Just hey, saying, you know, creatures hey. of habit, man. That's right. Uh Alan, is there such a thing as insider trading with prop bets? You know, <laughs> like, like, you know, like if it's, if you know that uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to wear a certain color headband, could you lay a million dollars on whatever headband color that may be? And then, and then just when like, or, or will the IRS or the feds come knocking on your door or something? Well, I mean, you know, if you're out there publicly, like putting it out, like, you know, and you're somebody that kind of has access to this. Yeah. Like there's going to be issues. However, I mean, understand, like there are people that are at the game, you know, that, that don't work like for the teams, but they work for like the broadcast or, or things like that. They're going to see practice of like the national anthem. You know what I mean? Like they're going to kind of have a, yeah. Like they're going to kind of have a feel and then what you do outside of that on your own time. I mean, who's going to stop you? You know what I mean? Right. Like, can you even like, can they, I mean, it'd be, it'd be impossible. Like what you can't do is show up with like, you know, if you're a dude, you know, who makes like, you know, 45 grand a year and you show up with like 2.1 mil, you know, (laughs) you're like, yeah, under, you know, hammer it, you know, people are like, I don't know about this guy. You know what I mean? Like you got to be a little covert, but I, there's, there are some things that you just can't hide, you know? So yeah. yeah, there's, there's a little Martha Stewart going on with this for sure. Okay. I like that. <laughs> um, moving kind of away for the, from the Super Bowl for just a second. Last season, Jadavian Clowney was the big name. Um, they were betting odds of where he would land this year. Deshaun Watson's the biggest, most interesting name on the market. And looking at, um, you, you know, where he, his destination could be. According to FanDuel, Jets are now the front runners, plus 230, followed by the Texans at 260. Then you have Carolina at 300, Miami, San Fran, Denver, New England, all below that. Uh, do you think he's going to stick around? Is there value somewhere here? Oh, let's see. Um, 
Yeah, there is a value and you've got to find a team that's most willing to go out and make this deal. Okay. So let's use the uh, Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff trade. Okay. So the Rams are aggressive as hell. Like mm-hmm. they, I mean, look at what they've done. Like they're always down. They to hate make draft trade. picks. Yeah. They, they hate I mean, honestly, first round hate, picks. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like they hate first round picks for sure. Right. Deshaun Watson. I mean, this is the thing. What makes it so difficult is that normally with trades and especially with quarterback trades, there is a very small market of teams that are, that are one going to be interested because they're looking for a quarterback and two have the assets to trade and three have the money, you know, to absorb that contract. Right. But Deshaun Watson is a little bit different because he's considered above that threshold. So you could see teams like, the Denver Broncos come in. You could see Washington come in, right? Like you could see, uh, you know, Indianapolis, like Houston's not going to trade him in division, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like Indy would like throw an idea out there, right? Yeah. And perfect example, look at the 49ers, right? So, I mean, that's a team that's sitting with a quarter, you know, a, a quarterback in Garoppolo who has had some success there, but, you know, they could make a corresponding move to get rid of him, bring in Deshaun. Like, there's all kinds of ways. So, to answer your question, I think your value, honestly, is playing the Texans. Like, I think that's kind of your hedge because you said it was what, plus 260? Plus 260, that's right. Yeah. So, okay, so here's how you could go about doing that. So, you could play the Texans at 260, and you could pick one of those other teams and if Deshaun goes nowhere, you profit. And if Deshaun goes somewhere else, but you lose on the Texans, you still profit, right? So it's like you could kind of play that futures market against itself and do that. Because as we all know, that new CBA, like if the Houston owner doesn't want to trade him, you're not going anywhere. Like you can't, I mean, you can't, even if he, if he holds out, you win your bet, you know, but like even still, like you can't hold out. So that's an interesting one for sure. I, I wish I had a better answer for you. That they're just really well, hey, it's, the it's options. Are so, they're so out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's just so many. All right, Alan. With my uh, final question, I guess since this is the Titan Up podcast, I'll ask you a Titans question. Yeah. Um, you know, I've you figured. You know, just I'll, I'll just say it for the on your way out the door. Um, the the Titans obviously promoted Shane Bowen, and. I mean, I'm, I, there's no way to sugarcoat it. I think the decision just sucks. Yeah. I got to ask you your thoughts and your, your opinion on, on, on that promotion. And if there is any hope that I can cling to in that. Yeah. All right. So the first one, let's just be honest. Mike, Mike Vrabel's hardheaded. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. Like the dude is now I'm pretty hardheaded about things. I don't know if I'm up to his level, but I mean, that's just who he is. And the more that like, Local media or anybody starts, you know, saying, oh, you got to go find somebody, go find somebody. We should have all known that's exactly how it's going to go down. So you should, ask- should we wait. Hold on. Should we have approached this offseason being like, oh, man, I hope they promote Shane Bowen. Shane Bowen's <laughs> yeah. our guy. Yeah. yeah. You almost got to. Yeah. You almost got to have to like play that oppo card on him. Yeah. Um, and then he'll be like, oh, you know what? I'll show them. I'm yeah, hiring exactly. someone else. Yeah. He's like, yeah, here's Wade Phillips. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, so, yeah, I mean, you know, you ask yourself, you're like, okay, he wasn't good enough to be the D.C. last year, but he's the D.C. this year. Now, you could play that two ways. That could be Mike Vrabel saying last year, look, I'm good enough to do this on my own. And he's admitting, like, hey, Bowen did some things, but, like, I pretty much controlled him. 
and control what we did. And maybe I need to hold the, like hand the reins fully to him. Like it could be that, uh, two, the bigger point is that, you know, he's more saying this is personnel than coaching. And I agree with that to a sense. I'm not saying that this is the, like a, a super great decision by him, but like it, the NFL really is about personnel. And yeah. if they could get, you know, one person that could get to the quarterback, if they could get, you know, just shore up a little bit of that front seven, get one additional player in the secondary, it'll change very, very quickly. And then third, the last thing is he's looking at it saying, and I agree with this too, that honestly, defense doesn't really matter all that much. Like it does. I know it sounds crazy, but everything is built off points. And you essentially, I mean, look at the teams in the NFL, like in the last, the final four, Chiefs, Bucks, Packers, uh, Bills. They're all built on scoring. So kind of the way the you know, NFL and college football is now, Alabama, like, look, like all of them, like score as many points as you can, and I need to get four stops in a game, three stops, and I can win this game, right? Like the Titans had their best defensive game literally all season against the Ravens, lost. You know what I mean? Like points matter so, so much. So it, well, could, be, it could be that. But, yeah, I mean, I think there's optimism because as bad as the defense was, this team is good enough that if you just get two to three players that can make a difference, they don't have to be superstars, just make a difference. It will change dramatically from what we saw last year. Well, to, what, what do you to, guys think? Yeah. Well, to counter the, your, your, your ideology of, of points matter, which I don't disagree with, obviously like this yeah. is the NFL shifted to an offensive league. When yeah. we were growing up, it was defenses win championships, but now it's basically, if you have a good enough offense, you can do whatever you want. Because the other team's going to screw up at some point, you know, like <laughs> yeah. even if your defense sucks. However, the Titans had a historically great uh, offense this year, the the best in franchise history. And they still were, you know, the, the best they could do was 11 and five. So, I, I mean, like, I almost feel like if the Titans had a competent defense this year, they could be the ones playing this weekend, just based yeah. off of how good their offense was. I agree with that. Like, you know, me saying defense doesn't matter like that. That's taken, you know, a, a bit far. Like you, you have to have a good mix of all of it. Like, I, I agree with that. Like now they did win 11 games. They did win the division. However, I'm with you in, in the sense that, you know, if you even have just, it doesn't have to be a great defense, but I mean, this was historically bad. Yeah. So it's like, if you just had an average defense, right? this team, who knows how far they could have gone. Like, like Derrick Henry, like he can literally take over a playoff game at any moment. Right. Like that's the scary part. So I, I'm with you. Like me saying defense doesn't matter. It absolutely does matter because I'll say this, look at the AFC and NFC championship games. The reason that those games were won, like, yeah, offense was a part of it, but it was because the chiefs defense shut down Josh Allen and the bucks defense just frustrated Aaron Rodgers. Who would have thought both of those things would happen? So I agree with you in that. Like you're exactly right. You think if the Titans had like the 18th best defense, as opposed to the 28th or 29th, that they could potentially be playing this weekend. Uh, yeah. I mean, this team is legitimately good enough to be doing it. And they're a threat to anybody that they're playing against. Right. You know, the, 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 the tough part is that, you know, going, you know, against the Ravens in that playoff game, it became a defensive game. And, you know, I mean, they, you know, what the Ravens score 20? Well, is that what it was? Like, yeah. the, you know, the defense played a pretty good game, you know, but it had to be one of those where who's going to get them below 20. Right. Yeah. And yeah. So I, I think literally 
even just going to like an 18th ranked defense, just a normal defense. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, you know, this team could have pulled that out. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. (sighs) Don't you also have to kind of look around the league and see what's worked. Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, for all that they could do offensively, they had to go out and get Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith to shore up their pass rush. It was kind of, you know, reverse what the Titans are looking to do down in Tampa where you had a competent defense, you had a really good defense, but you had to go out and get a good core, you know, a, a quarterback who can take you to that next level. Whereas the Titans need an edge rusher amongst other things. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Like, I mean, and that's like, that's what I find so interesting about, you know, like the NFL as a whole, because, you know, just say, take, just take, you know, the, the top seven teams of the AFC and the NFC, right? Like no, no team is perfect. The chiefs aren't perfect. Now they're, they're pretty close, but like everyone else that was a playoff team, like all kind of had, like a fatal flaw in the end. Like the Bills had one of the best offenses in the league and a pretty good defense. I think the Bills and the Titans are very similar in terms of like their teams. However, the bit like what ended up being the Titans secondary of the Bills is that they had no run game, right? So it's like, you know, the Chiefs just literally sat back. It's like, we know you're going to throw. Like there's nothing that you could do. Like you're going to make mistakes. You know what I mean? So it's like, they have no run game. The Seattle Seahawks are a really good football team, uh, you know, but their defense was horrible, you know, as well. And then they focused entirely on their defense and got away from the run game and that hurt them. So yeah, like I, I like looking at that because you have all these teams that are really good, but they have like one or two things that they have to fix. And it's like, who has the eye to go get the guys that can fix it. And two, let's just be honest. There's a little bit of luck involved as well. Definitely. All right, Alan. Well, we've made it to the end of the interview, so I have just one question left. And for this question, I don't, I don't want you to think. I just want you to say, you know, okay? Yeah. So here's what <laughs> I'm going to good ask. for me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's what I've been doing this entire interview. Like, I don't know what you guys <laughs> are talking about. I've been doing about. my entire life. <laughs> so here's the question. Yeah. Heads or tails? Tails. Never fails, bro. Tails never tails fails. Tails never fails. All right, yeah. look, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. The our every Tupper that's listening to this right now, okay, all of you, if you're betting on the game, we're all going to put our money towards tails, and we're going to track Allen's choice. All right, Allen is our leader. We're following him into. He's our. Uh, this uh, is the GameStop uh, of, of Super Bowl bets. Yes, we're all going to the moon. Yes, <laughs> you're our William Wallace. We're just getting behind you, and you just lead us into battle, and we're t- all going to take tails. And we're all going to look, we ride together. We die together. And that, that goes for Jack. It goes for me. It goes for Alan. That goes for every single one of you that's listening right now. We're putting everyone, like if you bet on anything, add one more bet to it and make it the heads, tails, prop bet. And we're all going tails. Okay. Yep. Tails all going fails. tails. And if we find the, the one guy who went heads, we're blaming it on him. He yeah. must Not a true right. Tupper. You're just a Raven Ravens fan that somehow listens to this podcast. That's yeah. Go, go enjoy Jimmy's seafood. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. 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 Go stomp on logos or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> hey, Alan, dude, you're the man. Thank you so much for, for, for joining us and for doing this dude. Cause I mean, it's awesome. And, and especially on such a busy week, like this week with, with Super Bowl and everything, we appreciate you taking out the time. Uh, everyone guys go follow him at Allen bell, two, four, seven on Twitter. I'm, I'm not joking. You guys, when I say this, especially this week of all weeks, go follow him because he is going to be giving you out insight and information that you need to make yourself a better, better, and just a smarter person. Like if you go to a Super Bowl party this weekend, like you'll he'll have nuggets of info that like you could drop to your friends and they'll be like, wow, I didn't, Oh, that's cool. I didn't know exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. And you can just literally lift Alan 
Bell's hard work and and claim it as your own at your own Super Bowl party. <laughs> yeah, take it, steal it. You don't have to. Yeah, don't reference me, dude. Like if you're at the party, you're trying to hit on a girl, dude. Rush his caps, <laughs> get it done, bro. Yeah, if you're if you're trying to hit on a girl, it's like, hey, do you know uh, Patrick Mahomes averages 35 rushing yards per game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, hey, okay. and the way that we you know we always do like you know cash it for anybody who hits bets. If you get a phone number and you tweet it out, like yes. you're getting to cash it, you're getting two of them. Well, don't don't tweet out the number, but yeah, tweet exactly. out the yeah, fact okay, that you yeah, got. Don't the do number. that. Yeah, good call. Yeah. Hey, yeah. watch this commercial. I bet a dog's not on it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, and I wrote down what you went with. Oh, wait, wait. What What are you going with with color uh, for the prop bet? All right. So I'm gonna go red, and I'm gonna go clear. Okay, red, red, and, clear. red and clear. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that I think everybody's gonna try to outthink themselves and not go red. And these are two teams that are like, dude, no, we're keeping it simple. Red yeah. and clear. That's where we're going. Yeah. That's okay. All right. Good. the best. So we got you down for COVID. Uh, for Great. saying it first, <laughs> you've got COVID, Alan. Nice. Uh, man, I love coming on this show. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> We've yeah. got you for the under, uh, for dogs in commercials because you hate canines, and uh, we've got you for red and clear for the liquid color and tails, obviously. So we're gonna track these and we're gonna we'll report back to you and let you know how uh, how you did. Hope I love it. I can't, I can't wait win. to like talk live, like during the game through all these, like it's going to be fun for sure. <laughs> for sure. Alan, dude, you're the man. Thanks so much for doing this, dude. Dude. Appreciate you guys, man. Thank you so much for having me on. And uh, dude, I always have a blast. Y'all the best. man. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Boom. Love me some Alan Bell. Dude's the best. Seriously, guys, give him a follow at Alan Bell, two, four, seven on Twitter. He is going to be a great follow this week, especially, but literally every week. I mean, all sports. It the guy's just a he's a go to source of uh, info. Um, he's like a he's well, he's like the early days of Darren Ravel, but cooler. Because um, I wow. feel like Darren Ra- Darren Ravel. Yeah, hang on, just let me finish. Heard Alan Bell's the coolest. I yes, that's what I'm saying. Darren Ravel in the early days of Darren Ravel tweeting was a great tweeter, and he was. He the information he was pumping out was great, but then Darren Ravel realized like it, like developed an ego and re, like became self aware and I don't know it just was not great. This is what I'm saying. I'm saying the content from Darren Ravel early on in the days and and if anyone who followed Darren Ravel for years now probably knows what I'm talking about. You guys can, but but that with a cool personality and just a fun loving dude that's alan bell okay i'm i'm digging myself into we love alan we love alan bell let's get to remember the titan uh jack do you want to go first or you want me to go first i'll go first all right you go ahead all right guys so this week i've got a big remember the titan i'm excited to say his name leroy harris <laughs> yes let's go Leroy Harris left guard for the Titans in a swing offensive lineman, really mainly in, mainly doing uh, most of his work from from the interior of the offensive line. Uh, six years as a Titan, seventy five games, started forty two of those, played from two thousand and seven to two thousand twelve. Um, you know, very up and down time to be a Titans fan. Oh seven to two thousand twelve, taken in the two thousand seven NFL draft, the Michael Griffin draft. And after Michael Griffin, not a whole lot of anything else. <laughs> Which is weird because normally it's the first rounder that doesn't pan out for the Titans and yeah. the rest of the draft does pretty well. No, in this case, it was Michael Griffin and then Chris Henry, uh, Leroy Harris, uh, Paul Williams, that receiver, you remember in the third round? 
Caldwell Williams. It was one of the nastier Titans drafts, aside from Michael Griffin. But Leroy Harris, number 64. Nate Davis wears his jersey now. Um, that That's my guy. That's why I remember the Titan. Nice. Leroy, that would and again, and you know, like we're big on names in this podcast. Obviously, we just we gave a whole take on the name Todd earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Leroy, that's a great, as a great uh, name, just a, a name not often heard of outside of just internet memes. Um, my remember the Titan, Gennaro DiNapoli. <laughs> You guys remember old Gennaro DiNapoli? He was drafted in the fourth round of the 98 NFL draft by the Oakland Raiders, and he came to the Titans in 2000. Okay, now that first year, declared active in four games, did not play. But on June 14, 2001, he was re-signed to a one-year contract and appeared in five games with two starts at center in place of an injured Kevin Long. All right, now, we all know you never want to be the guy to follow the guy, right? That's right. Well, this is that guy. <laughs> in 2002, he was named the starter at center, replacing the retired and legendary, iconic even, Bruce Matthews. Started all 16 games and two playoff games. He contributed to an offensive line that allowed just 21 sacks, which was the second lowest in the NFL, and helped running back Eddie George rush for his sixth 1100 yard season. Now you're probably like, oh, wow. I mean, coming off of a year like that, I bet he got a nice little payday at the end of the year. Well, <laughs> oh no. He was not re signed after the season because of salary cap reasons. <laughs> more if it wasn't for you. <laughs> right. And he went to the Cowboys the next season and the Titans went five and 11. Look, and I remember like the, the talent drop off from uh, 2002 to 2000. I believe, or well, 2003 to 2004. It was, it was awful. And I think this was a big, I think uh, Gennaro DiNapoli uh, was part of it. Now, Gennaro, this man sounds like, you know, an Italian ice. Oh, yeah. Without question. Right. Off the board. Before there was Giorgio Tavecchio, uh, there was Gennaro DiNapoli. Now you're probably wondering, what's he doing now? (laughs) Well, I don't know. But my guess would be helping out in the kitchen of his father's pizza place. <laughs> you yeah, know, like cigarettes out the back and making the, the penne vodka sauce. Right. Yeah. Like he's got he's he's always wearing a white apron that's just full of stains. And you're like, wow, Denapolis, man, they got the best slice of pie in the tri-state area. <laughs> you know, you got to go there for lunch. They got two dollar slice specials. You know, that place is locally owned since 1954. Denapolis, probably my favorite pizza place. Sounds like a place John Tafford would go into and just completely blow up and say, look, it's not working anymore. It worked in the 50s. Right. It's not working anymore. Like Gennaro, ever since you left, ever since you decided to go to the NFL, this this restaurant's turned to shit. Like you need to turn it around. That's just how Italian families talk, I think. Working on their pizza sauce, smoking cigarettes at the same time. That's what I think of. Uh, so shout out Gennaro DiNapoli. Great. This has been a great episode for names, man. Uh, except for Shane. Screw that name. Uh, all right. Uh, that's dance, but Shane, no, we're done. No, no, not, not, yeah, not good. All right. That's going to do it for this week. Uh, guys, thanks so much for listening. Uh, hit that subscribe button. And then, you know, if you're feeling spunky, if you're feeling 
you know, if you're feeling a little, if you're feeling up for it, maybe uh, hit that rating button. Rate us five stars. Leave a review. We'd really appreciate it if you do. We we appreciate all of our tuppers. Guys, let's bet the way Alan Bell does, all right? Let's let's all put money on the tails. Tails never, tails never fails. Tails. Tails, tails never fails. And after tails hits and you bet on it like we are going to do, um, tweet us your ticket. Yes. Tag Alan yes. Bell. He retweets yes. everyone who tags him. So just yes. go ahead and do that. Winning ticket, tails. Say you heard it on Tup. Everyone's always looking for like like cool weight or like free retweets. That's a free retweet right there. So so tweet at Alan Bell and at Titan Up Pod. Tweet us both. Let us know that you were in, that you're a true Tupper, that you said, you know what? No, I'm a Tupper till I die. Okay. You're you we're all one, okay? All of us. And we're all gonna we're all gonna bet tails. We're all gonna win it, okay? And it's gonna be the greatest Super Bowl Sunday of our lives. So let's do it all together. We're all one family. Tuppers for life. Let's go. Let's make some money this Sunday. Love you guys. Uh, uh Jack, you got anything for the road? Nope, bet tails and tweet at us. That's bet it. Bet tails and tweet at us. Let's go. Let's go. Uh all right, that's gonna do it. Um uh Tighten Up Pod on Twitter, Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram, at A to Z Sports on all socials. Uh, I guess until next week, guys. Tighten up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. They'll keep on fighting all the way.